we're dealing with the, the, the word love and versus selfishness. And as I was preparing this sermon, um, I became aware of the suffering that's involved in conversion. The suffering that's involved in conversion. Uh, I, I don't know whether you've realized it, but to be converted, you have to virtually go through some level of suffering. And if you haven't really gone through some level of suffering, then maybe you should look at your conversion and wonder whether you're really saved. So I want to talk to you about the suffering that's involved in conversion. Um, Love versus selfishness um, is about loving Jesus more than you love yourself. That in itself is loaded. That statement of loving Jesus or loving yourself or loving Jesus more than you love yourself is a loaded statement because... We think we love Jesus and we say we love Jesus, but in practice we live out love for self rather than love for God. That's generally what happens and that's generally how we live and we deceive ourselves by continuously saying, you know, we love Jesus, but then when we live our lives and we practice the things that we practice, we continuously do the thing that self wants to do rather than the thing that Jesus wants to do. And there's a level of suffering that we will go through to really understand what it is to follow Jesus. Now, if you're talking to somebody who had a, an alcoholic problem or they, 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 a drinking or a drug problem, they'll be able to tell you the processes that they go through to actually get out of that thing. And it's, and it's much the same as what it is like in conversion. Um, the first thing that a person really has to face if they've got a drug addiction or an alcohol problem, they have to actually face the fact that they've got the problem. And denial is the very first thing that they... they oh, no, I've, I mean, I've got this under control. I mean, I'm just having a drink or I'm just having drugs, but I can stop any time I like. It's not controlling me. You know? So they're in a state of denial. Somebody will have come to them and said, can't you see the, the, the problems that are being caused by your drinking or by your drug addiction? Can't you see that's happening? And No, I, I can stop any time I like. And so there's a level of denial there. Much the same as what we have when we come to Jesus first up. We generally deny that we've even sinning. I'm a good bloke, you know, I'm, I'm not doing anything really wrong. It's similar to that. And then after we get to the point where we start to realise that maybe the alcohol has really got a hold of us or the drug has really got a hold of us, we get sort of angry and we start to say, look, you know, I'm too young to be you know, having this sort of hassle in my life. You know, you know, other people get this sort of problem, not me. And we get angry about the fact that we are caught in a trap. And we start then bargaining, you know, saying, look... God, if you can help me get out of this thing, that would be great. You know, um, I'll, I'll, live, I'll live for you if you just help me get out of this situation. And we start bargaining with people and we start bargaining with God because we don't like the fact that we're caught. And generally after that, we discover and we go into a place of depression, we discover that it's going to really take some hard work to get out of where we're at. So if I have a drug addiction or if I have an alcohol problem, I'm going to have to go somewhere, detox, and I'm going to have to sit through a thing called withdrawal. And it's going to be suffering for me. So the acceptance that I've got a problem is going to produce the suffering. And the suffering is the thing that's going to take me to a new path, a new life. And if I'm not willing to go through the suffering, if I'm not willing to go through the hard yard, then I will never be free. I'll always be caught in my sin. I'll always be caught in my addiction. I'll always be caught there. 
That's the big problem. You know, people, they, they, they have a drinking problem and then they say, oh, no, 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 I've got control of that. And in reality, they really don't. And they have refused to take it the, to the point where they accept the fact that they've got the problem and do the hard yards to break the bind on it. It's like that in salvation. I want to talk to you about the journey from being in the world to being with Jesus. The difference between love and selfishness. Loving God or loving yourself. And you say, well, we're all saved here, Mark. I said, are we? Well, how many people get worried about that scripture said, it says, many will come on that day and say, Lord, Lord, haven't I done this and haven't I done that and haven't I prophesied and haven't I healed? And, and in that day I'll say, depart from me. I never, you, have you ever worried about that? Have that, that has that ever sit, hit you and say, wow, that's the scariest verse because you can live in church and do all church things and be, and be damned at the end? Well, today... I want to set that at rest for you so that you can walk out today and say, I know that I'm going to heaven or I know I'm going to be damned. You can know at the end of the sermon, you can know for sure. But there's some suffering involved in the whole process. And I want to, I want to talk to you about it. I want to share with you very clearly. And at the end of the service, we're going to have a time of singing and a time of prayer. And I want you to sort of do something with God to make sure that you know that you know that you know that you're, you're with him. Okay? that you're going to love Jesus more than you love yourself. We start the journey usually in our own path. The scripture says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, there is a way that appears to be right, but the end that leads to death. Now the Holy Spirit, it comes down. We, we usually, you know, if we, we're in our sin, we generally like our sin and we're having party time. If it's party time for us and we're having a good time, we generally don't want to listen to anybody about it. Generally teenagers, young people who are going into their adolescent years and they, they're wanting to explore all the fun that they can have and their mother and father says, no, you can't go to the party and they want to do what they want to do and they want to have a life and they want to have a party. You were young once, why don't you let us be young too? And, and they rebel against their parents' control because they're in denial of the fact that they are in danger of falling and slipping into a place of terribleness. They're denying the fact that they are lost. And usually it usually takes a little bit of time through your adolescent years before you come to awareness that you messed yourself up. I mean, I, I was probably 17 when I left home over a fight over some bacon, I think, and then I lived away from home for a while and, and was rebellious. But it took a while for Jesus to draw me back to himself. But the coming back to Jesus meant I had to deal with self as opposed to, you know, um, doing what I wanted to do. I had to do what he had for me to do. I had to change that whole thing around, and that was a process. But there are, there's a way that seems right to me, and I could justify it. I could stand there and say, you want to go to church? I didn't want to go to church. I could worship God on the beach, I used to say. You heard that one before? Lots of parents have said that, you know, heard that from their children. You know, I don't have to go to church to worship God. God is everywhere. I can worship God on the beach. It's just a denial. It's just a place where there's a way that seems right to us and the end is death. And we become aware of the fact that we're on the wrong path because the Holy Spirit is faithful. The Bible says in John chapter 16, the Holy Spirit convicts of sin, judgment and unrighteousness. He lets you know in some very clear way that you're heading on a path that's going in the wrong direction. He communicates to you that 
you're heading in the wrong direction. And then he communicates to you that there's a right path that you're missing. And he says, if you keep on heading in the wrong direction, the lights are out. It's going to be bad for you. The judgment is coming. And you get that sense. When you get that on the inside, you get the sense of denial and they say, oh, no, 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 that's just my conscience speaking to me. No, somebody's controlling my conscience. Church is all about emotional manipulation in any way. And you start to dismiss the voice of the Holy Spirit. You start to push the voice of the Holy Spirit away, pushing him away, pushing him away so you can continue to love yourself rather than love God. You keep on pushing the counsel of your parents away. You push the word of God away. You open the Bible and it speaks to you, bang, like that, right in your face. And oh, you shut the Bible because you don't want to hear it. Again. You push it away. You're in denial. You're denying. You think that when you die, you're going to be okay. It's okay. Jesus is gracious and loving. God loves you. And you can be sinning and that's okay. You'll get to heaven. You're in denial. You're at this place of denial. You're not saved. You're not safe where you are. Because you love sin more than you love Jesus. So you're not in a good place. You're not in a safe place. Don't think that you're going to heaven if you're doing that. That's a deception. I want to put that really clearly to you. Don't think that you can love sin more than you love God. And then when you get to the gates, Jesus will say, I love you. Come here, baby. It's not going to happen. So in the first place of conversion is this place where we come to a place of denial. We sit there and say, you know, you're just talking, Mark. You're just talking. Talk to the hand. I don't want to listen to you. I still want to do what I want to do. You are in a dangerous position. You're on the road to conversion, but you ain't there yet. You're at the place of denial. So then we usually get angry. And the anger comes out, and it comes out in our lives towards those who are telling us about the thing that we ought to be doing. So usually it's their mum and dad. They tell us this is the way, and we get really angry at them. We might punch something, or might throw something, might call them names, maybe be rude with our mouths, may just completely disregard what they're saying and storm out. But we're angry, much like Cain. You remember Cain? He's offered up his sacrifice to God the Father. Abel's offered up his sacrifice. God said, you got it. That's the one, Abel. Cain's offered up his sacrifice of vegetables. And God said, that ain't the one, Abel. You have to change your manner. You have to change what you're doing. You ha- you, it can't be something that comes from yourself. It has to be something that comes from something else that has given its life for you. The, pa- the pattern had been laid down by God. He had slaughtered some animals so that they had a clothes to wear. They had skins that they could wear. And so an innocent thing had to die for the guilt. You know, you, there's no forgiveness of sin. The offering can't be given up with your vegetables. It's not good enough. That's your self-offering, what you did. And so he's angry. And that's usually what happens with us. When we start to realize we're heading in the wrong direction and going in the wrong path, we start getting really angry at people. We get angry at anybody who would shine the light in our face. And we say, you're judging me, you're judging me. Don't judge me. Who are you to judge me? You're holier than thou. I know your life. I could tell you things about you, what you're doing. And we get angry in ourselves at the person who is shining the light in our face. If it's Mark, he's shining when he's preaching. We don't like Mark anymore. I'm not going there anymore. If it's your mother or father that's talking to you, I want to I told you I slammed the door, turn the, put the things in my hand, turn the music up loud so I can block it out. And we're getting angrier and angrier on the inside. Now, we're on the road to conversion. 
You see, because the anger says, you know you've got to die. You know you can't live where you're living and get saved. You know that you've got to die and the death penalty has been given to you and you are angry and angry and angry about that because you know you can't live where you're living now and be safe. You're on the road to conversion. You're on the road to loving Jesus more than you're loving yourself. You just, you just don't want to accept that. You just don't want to hang on to the fact that that's where you're going. You wish you could go back to the place where you didn't even think about it, where your friends live. They don't even have a conscience. They can do whatever they like and they don't even think about it. You want to go back there, but you can't because God spoke. And now he's spoken. You're inside. You know it. You got right and wrong on the inside and you're angry because you see it. And some days you think, I might follow Jesus. And other days you think, no, I'll go back to the world. I want, uh, you know, and you just play in this place of indecision. Then we get to this place where most of people live in churches who really aren't full on with God. It's the place of bargaining. All right. Okay. So I had to do some good stuff. I have to do something in my life that's... Okay, I'll go to church then. Don't, don't talk to me. I'm coming to church. Okay, I'm coming to church. If you can come to church, it doesn't make you a Christian. If you think that coming to church and putting money in the plate is going to make you feel like you're a Christian, you might feel like you're doing good things. You could even go to the prayer meeting, put your hands up, say, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, and still not be fully loving Jesus because you love self more than you love Jesus. You can fool everybody in the church because you're walking around like a Christian now, doing the Christian things in the church, and you can think, because he's a Christian boy, and you're not a Christian boy because when it comes to the quiet time, you're still choosing self over Jesus. You're still loving self over Jesus. You are at the core of you selfish. Not Christian. That's the scary thing. Friends, that's the scary thing. Jesus says some very profound things about that. Isaiah says, I will expose your righteousness and your works and they shall not benefit you. So some of us can sit in church and we say, well, I don't smoke anymore. I don't drink anymore. I don't go to clubs anymore. I don't uh, have sex before marriage anymore. I'm being a good person. They think that those good works, I helped Auntie Kathy on the van. And you think that that good works is going to get you somewhere with Jesus. He says, I'm looking at it, but I don't see you loving me. I see you trying to bargain with me that you're going to be doing good enough so that you can get to heaven. Look at what I've done. I went, I went on a Monday night and worked with Kath. I talked to them about Jesus. I come to church and I brought my friends to church too. He says, but what did you do in the quiet and the private? Did you love me more than you loved yourself? Or did you love yourself more than you loved me? He says, your righteous works will not benefit you. I'm looking at your heart. This is scary stuff when I think about this. I think, you know, this is frightening to think that you can be working really hard to get some sort of acceptance with God because you think that doing the right thing will give you acceptance before God. And what you find is Jesus says something like this, we're all infected and impure in our sin. 
And when we display our righteous deeds, the very thing that we think that people should be impressed about, he says, all I see is nothing but filthy rags. It's not like you've clothed yourself with white garments and wearing beautifully white garments of righteousness. No, you've clothed yourself with Cain's offering. You've clothed yourself with something that you've created that you think is righteous and you've put it on and you've stood before Jesus and said, does it look all right? And he says, I didn't give that to you. That's not my clothing. That's something you wrapped on yourself because you thought you could bargain with me and get around. And a lot of us do that. And and the reason why we do that is because we don't want to die. It's as simple as that. We don't want to die. Well, what did it mean to die? It's the end of myself. No more self-service. No more looking after moi. It's Jesus and what he wants, and nothing to do with what I want. Well, that's a pretty tall order. Because that means I won't even exist anymore. It doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't, what I, it doesn't matter how I think. Because what I feel like and what I think are irrelevant. The only thing that really matters is what Jesus says, and am I doing it? And so we try and convince ourselves by bargaining with God, by doing things like reforming ourselves. You know what reforming means? It means not putting it to death and dying. It says, well, let's do a renovation. It's the old house, but we'll just change the wallpaper. Oh, the rot is still in the walls. The white ants are still eating the floorboards, but we'll just put carpet on the floor so you, so you won't see it. We think, you know, we can do all this stuff and we can make it look pretty, but when you jump up and down on the floor, you'll probably go through it because the rot is still there. It looks nice. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, You are whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, with dead men's bones. These were the religious leaders of the day. They were the men who stood and prayed, voluptuous, great prayers in front of everybody. Said, "Oh boy, I can't. I'm not even going to go to the prayer meeting. I can't pray like that guy." And Jesus said, "You are vipers and snakes." Dead men's bones inside this whitewashed tomb. Now, that's worrying. It's worrying for this reason. It, it, it says to me that you can arrange the furniture on the boat and have it all very nice, but there's a hole in the bottom of the boat and you're going down anyway. Because that sort of arrangement, that sort of superficial arrangement, even though you can deceive me and you can deceive your mum and you can deceive everybody else in the room, and even though you might even deceive yourself because the idea of the Lord, Lord, haven't we done all these things, implies that they are self-deceived. You can even deceive yourself. I go to church every day, even twice on Sunday I go to church. I, I go to the prayer meetings, I go to Mark's dinner on Tuesday. I do all those things. He says, I don't care how many church services you go to. In the bottom of the issue is, do you love me more than you love yourself? Are you choosing what I'm telling you to do and obeying what I'm asking you to do? Or are you choosing to do your own will and to have your own way, to do the thing that pleases you? And that, that self-deception is very, very subtle. 
because you can convince yourself you're okay. But in the end of the exercise, you'll hear these words. Not everyone who calls to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will come and say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied. Hey, man, I prophesied in church. How many got to the prophecy state yet? You're willing to stand up and prophesy in church. Well, you've got to be pretty bold in your Christian faith to prophesy in church, don't you? How many have reached that boldness to prophesy in church? Not very many, hey? So these people were right up there doing something in the church and seemed to be lights in the dark place. If it's not safe for them, how scary is this? But this is not meant to be a sermon that puts you down. This is meant to be a sermon that helps you deal with the suffering of conversion. It helps you move from where you are into a place of security, a place where you can know that you are safe, a place where you can know that things are different for you. The question is, do you want to know this? Do you want to be brought to this place where you can make that change, you can make that shift, and walk out of here and say, oh, Jesus, you know, I didn't, I didn't love you that much when I came in here. I, Mark's been talking, and I, and I look over my life, and your Holy Spirit says, I don't do anything, really, that you want me to do. I only, you have to really force me. I do most of the things that I want to do. And today I'm aware of that. That's a great place to be aware of. You're at the, you're at the gate. You're at the beginning of your life in God. You can't, you can't stay there. It's a horrible place to stay. Usually a place of great depression. When you're bargaining with God, you get to this place of great depression. Now, where's your depression really coming from? Psalmist says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Well, I'll tell you why you're so downcast and why you're so disturbed. Because you're not doing what Jesus wants you to do. And that's the thing that brings depression in your life. That's the thing that holds you up against the wall. You're suffering with depression. What is it that is making you so depressed? The thing is, if you follow God, he says, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. If you put your trust in Jesus, the depression would lift. It's like, what are you hanging on to that you shouldn't? Are you trying to control situations? Do you want things to be the way you want them to be and can't just let it go and say, Jesus, I'm going to give it to you. I don't care anymore. I'm not going to try and control this anymore. I'm not going to try and move this around how I want it to be. I'm not going to get depressed about the fact that I didn't get the degree. I'm not going to get depressed about the fact that I haven't got a good job. I'm not going to get depressed about the fact that my future looks grim. I'm not going to get depressed about all the stuff that would make me depressed. Otherwise, I'm just going to yield myself to you and say, Jesus, I'm yours. I love you. You take over. We try so hard to control the circumstances in our lives and we find ourselves running against the wall, left, right and centre, trying to stop things from happening, trying to get things all right. We try to keep all our pieces on the wall and the earth shakes and it rumbles and all the things start falling off and we run around trying to hold things on the wall. You are still trying to please yourself. You can't please yourself and please God at the same time. I wish to... 
Christian ministry preacher last night. I just looked it over because I was, wanted to see some, see what's out there. It's Mother's Day. And the first lady was standing up there. This is the pastor's wife. She had a hat this size. Feathers all around it. Adorned in great robes, bright white dress and robes. And they were bringing down bouquets of flowers for her that were enormous. They could bigger than the person carrying them. And they got down there and they bowed down right to the ground in front of this woman and put this great big bouquet of flowers in front of her. And they honoured the first lady. They're honouring their pastor's wife, you know. And it just was uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable looking at it. It was pleasing to her and it was pleasing to everybody else. But how can we please God when we accept the praises of man, Jesus says. There's something wrong here. It's all about what's good for me. I said, it's not about what's good for Jesus. So I watched and it continued on. I got about 15 minutes into it. I couldn't go any further. I just, I can't, I can't keep on watching this. It was so disturbing because it was so man-centered, man-focused, man-glorifying. Man lifting up, I am making no judgments of where their soul's going. I am not God. But for me, that just seemed difficult to swallow. You know, this is about denial of self, not about lifting of self. And while we lift one another up and we, and we commend one another to God and we pray for one another and we and we, we encourage each other in the Lord. In the end of the exercise, it's Jesus in you, not you. In the end of the exercise, you die, Jesus lives. And if I have praise for you, it's not because you do anything other than follow Jesus. And that is inspiring to me. I look at that and I'm captivated by your obedience. I'm captivated by the way you shine Jesus out of your life. That's the thing that I look at. I think, oh, mate, that's just glorifying to God. When I see you stand up there and I think you're looking, at, you're looking very smart and it's all about what you're doing and how you're moving, I think that's not glorifying God. It just doesn't do it. And it worries me. Because this whole congregation can sit there and say, well, we can kiss at your feet, Mark, and you can all miss the point. We're bowing at the feet of Jesus. It's about loving Jesus more than it is about loving ourselves. And when we get to this place where we get really depressed because we know, I can't keep living my life. I mean, Christianity is so hard. And you hear it. People say, Christianity is so hard. It's so hard to be a Christian. Why is that? Well, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. You can't drink. You can't smoke. You can't take drugs. You can't have sex. You can't do anything. You just is so hard. You don't know how to talk to people who are you. Oh, and the rules, the rules. You see, you are so depressed because you will not die. You want a different gospel. You want another gospel that says you can do whatever you want to do. You can please yourself, and you're going to heaven. Well, that's a gospel that's not found in the Word of God. It's another gospel. It is a different gospel. And if you believe that gospel, you go down, not up. Because the gospel that Jesus brought honors and glorifies Jesus in your life and you have to count the cost before you make 
the choice. You can make the choice, but you have to count the cost. The Bible tells us you have to die to self to really live to God. And so when we talk about love or selfishness, the question is, have you died to the self so much that you love Jesus more, or are you still loving yourself more than you love Jesus? And there's no gradients. It's just black and white. It's not sort of like, well, he's, he's sort of there. You know, like, you know, Jesus just comes along, and he shines his light into your life, and it explodes it straight away. It's black or white. It's just like, boof. If Jesus were to shine his light of the conviction of his Holy Spirit into your life, woof, what would he see? Would he see black or white? And you, can, you, can, you can talk to me and, you can, and I can say, okay, 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 I'm not judging, I'm not judging you, whatever you want or whatever you want. But in the end of the exercise, my friend, he knows because he knows your heart. He knows your address. He knows where your mind is at. And he knows where you live spiritually. And you can't deceive him. And so when we come to that place of accepting the fact that the old has to die and Jesus has to live, we say, enough mucking around. I've had all the games. I don't want to play church anymore. You can have been coming to church a long time and you can be doing all the stuff that church people do and you're still not saved. You're still not going to heaven because you do. You think you're doing the right thing. You, 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 what else do I do? Put the money in the plate. You get proud about that. You know, I don't need it. I don't take it. So what? I don't need it. God doesn't need it. You don't need to give it if you think that it's earning you something. Please don't because you're only earning yourself judgment because you think that by giving... You're going to get a badge. And when you go there, see my badge? That's because they gave. He's not impressed. His gift was far more greater than your gift. So you can't impress him with your good works. You get to this place of acceptance and it's a place where you say, okay, I'm stopping mucking around now. This is serious. I either follow Jesus or I don't. I'm not going to play halfway here. I'm not going to sit in church and going to say, oh, well, I'm sort of in and sort of out. I just haven't worked it out yet whether I want to be in and out. You're going to be in or you're going to be out. You're going to choose which path you want to walk in. And say, I'm going to follow Jesus with all my heart, which means the death of me. So what do you want to do with your life? Where do you want to go? Well, I used to think that I was going to be an art teacher in the high school. That was what I thought I got myself into art college, applied myself, got myself there. And then God says, I didn't, I didn't ask you to do that. I don't want you to do that. And he shut all the doors in front of me. When God shuts the door, no man can open it. When God opens the door, no one can shut it. He shut the door on me just like that. Oh, well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, become, a, I'll become a carpenter. Said, well, you know, you, you can lift heavy weights. You're not that bright, but you can lift heavy weights. So I became a carpenter. But that wasn't the will of God for my life. And pretty soon after I gave my life to Jesus, it became apparent what God wanted me to do, and that was to follow him and do what... And you know what? I was just thinking the other day. I was talking to some friends the other day, talking about the, the journey that I've been on and the difficult journey that I've been on. I forgot all the difficult parts in it. I'd just gone through it. I, just, I had completely forgot all the hard times that I'd been through. I'm just thinking, the, 
I can go and I can write a book about the sufferings that we have gone through in this journey and the times that we just had to keep on going and keep on going even though we didn't want to. You think, I don't want to go to church today. How many times did I feel that? As the minister of the church, I don't want to go to church today, but I, you know, what can you do? You have to be there. Someone's got to sit up. Then I just say, Jesus, I'm doing this for you. I'm wheeling this trolley for you. I'm going to put that chair there. I'll get the other one and a couple of people come and help me put chairs down there. And I think, why, why am I doing this? Not for the love of Mark or for anything else, but for the love of Jesus. Just for the love of Jesus. Getting to this place of acceptance is really hard because it means that you're going to have to, to sign a death warrant. You're going to have to accept that you're going to be taken out somewhere and shot. That there's no way to get, there's no way to, get to the other side except through this death that you're about to die. No wonder you're getting upset about it. No wonder you deny the fact that it needs to take place. No wonder you get angry. No wonder you are depressed. No wonder you start to bargain. The reality is you have to go through the door of suffering to get saved. And if you've never gone through the door of suffering, you are not saved. Don't sit here and think you might get in. You won't get in. Because at the end of the exercise, you have to go through the door of death to self before you can be made alive to God. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve self and Jesus. You will serve one or the other. There is no walk in the middle line. Jesus says, you think that you're going to get there by walk in the middle line. You're not hot and you're not cold, but you're lukewarm. He says, I will spew you out of my mouth. Friends, this is a, I'm ringing the bell. You cannot think that you are safe just because you brought up in a Christian family, doing some Christian stuff, listen to Christian music. You're only safe as Jesus is the Lord of your life and you will do as he bids, which means you stop the other. And you live for him. I'm calling out to you. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. If he comes back this afternoon, this is all I've got to say. I'm calling for your soul. I'm calling for you to say to you, the Holy Spirit sees what's happening and he wants from you a commitment all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I'm going to give it all to him. That means I'm going to have to die to self. That means I can't argue with my mum anymore. Okay? I have to just do what she says because it says obey your parents. It means I'm going to have to do what I don't want to do. It means that the thing that I want has to go and the only thing that's left, the only choice that's left for me is the choice of Jesus, what he wants me to do. And that's a bit hard, isn't it? Oh, this is a hard message, Mark. Oh, gee, you know, if you keep on preaching something a little bit more encouraging, maybe we would all be happy as we're humming and plummeting towards eternity. We might be all happier, but we not, might not be all safer. And for me, it's not about happiness. I care less about happiness. For me, it's about obedience. What do you have to do that will make you obedient to Jesus? Where are you now? What's he speaking to you about?
I know he's speaking to you. What's he saying? What is he putting his finger on in your life and saying, you keep on doing this and I'm telling you, stop it and you refuse to stop it. You are now kissing death and courting hell. Friends, I don't want you to lose your life later. I would have you lose your life now. It is better to die to sin now and live for God then than to die to God now and live in hell then. I'm calling you. The Spirit of Jesus is calling you. Look at yourself. There is some serious pain to this idea of conversion. And the pain has directly to do with yourself and selfishness. It means you have to die so that Jesus can live. He tells us that very clearly in Luke chapter 14. He says, if you want to be my disciples, this is if you want to even start this journey with me, Jesus says, you must hate everyone else by comparison, your father, your mother, your your wife, your children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciples. You can't even start it. You know, he says this conversion issue is going to be painful for you. You must take up your cross and follow me. Something you get nailed onto, something you struggle and die on and lose your breath and eventually die on. You take it, get used to the fact you are going to die daily. To follow me, you will die daily daily every day it's like well i want to do this the flesh says eat this do this say this go there and the spirit of jesus says hearken under my voice and live do not harden your heart to the holy spirit when he speaks to you and i choose life or death friends we, we can carry on this way for years just having a fun time together and it's a, problem, it's a problem to me. You can, we can fill this church up three times over. It's a problem to me. The problem is you can fill it up with dead people who think they're okay because they're doing religious things. They've reached that place of bargaining and they've convinced themselves that they've got a struck a bargain. I had one girl tell me, and she was sleeping with her boyfriend. And I said to this girl, you can't sleep with your boyfriend. That's immorality. That's fornication. You can't do that. Don't worry about it, she told me. Don't worry about it. I said, why shouldn't I worry about it? She says, I had to talk to God, and God told me it was all right for me. That were the, that were the words that came out of her lips. I talked to God and God told her it was all right for me. Friend, that's deception. Even though the girl thinks that she's going to heaven because she set up her boundaries and she's bargained with God and and come out with a good arrangement and that's going to be okay. She's had to convince God because the word says, abstain from sexual immorality, from fornication. And that's it. That's what it says. And you can convince me and say, well, everybody in society lives this way. Everybody in society hooks up. Everybody in society gets to live with the person before they actually get married. I don't care. You're not convincing me. You're not bargaining with me. 
You're trying to bargain with God to say, it's okay to do what I want to do and get to heaven at the same time. And he's telling you very clearly now, it is not okay. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. If you do what you want to do and you don't die, if you're selfish in your own mind, you will die in hell continuously. And that's all the word of God says. He says, there has this path to righteousness. It's a conversion process. You're going to have to change that. This one's got to die. You either got to die to yourself or you've got to die to God. You have to choose the path that you take. You'd stand up now. Some of you might have heard this message before. You might be aware that God is speaking to you in your heart about it. I'm just conscious that the Holy Spirit is right here now with us. And he's speaking to you, specifically saying to you, come on, come on, it's, it's difficult, it's hard, it's the dying that's going to take place and you're going you're to suffer loss in this process. But you cannot stay where you are and be safe. You need to turn now, embrace your spiritual life in Jesus, which means that you're going to put the flesh to death. If this is spoken to you, I want you to raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. It's not about church things. It's about your heart before God. God sees your hand. I want you to make that. You're just saying it's spoken to me. You're not making a choice now. You're not making a choice to say, I'll follow you, Jesus. Raise the other hand if you're making that choice to say, I'm going to die to self, I'm going to live for Jesus. Put two hands up in the air. That's okay. You're surrendering now. See, you're surrendering, you're surrendering to Jesus. That's what you're saying. It's not that you just spoke to me and I understand this. I am surrendering to you, Jesus. I give up. You take over. Father, you see those hands that are raised. I ask by your Holy Spirit. So do the work of conversion in these lives, Father. Help them to live that death on a daily basis so that they can live in the life that you have for them, Jesus. I ask it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said...